بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Carrying on uh, with our series on the Book of Wisdoms Ibn Atayillah al-Iskandari's Kitab al-Hikam We're on page 195 and this is wisdom number, number 88 This is wisdom number 88 on page 195 this one, after he discusses in the past few wisdoms, he discussed the reasons for calamity, the reasons for loss and suffering and the wisdoms behind it and how to process it and where it comes for and why it comes. He moves in a slightly different direction, still very related. He says, Al-Ata'u min al-Khalqi hirmanun wal-man'u min Allahi ihsanun العطاء من الخلق حرمان والمنع من الله إحسان. What that means is that a gift from man is actually deprivation, and a deprivation from Allah is beneficence. Now that is something very difficult to understand, and many will probably think this can't mean that a gift from man is deprivation somebody gives me something somebody does me a good favor somebody helps me out somebody bestows a gift upon me sends me a gift or whatever it is helps me out give me a promotion assist me with something that is supposed to be a deprivation I'm benefiting I'm getting something out of it and a deprivation from God is actually beneficence is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doing good with someone this really has to be unpacked. Doesn't make sense. So, this is a really interesting wisdom, and he's going to clarify something we'll, uh, right at the end. Uh, the commentaries generally clarify this point at the end, which I'll clarify right at the beginning. This is not for everyone. Not everybody will understand this. And it's not applicable to everybody, but we should want it to be applicable to us. So it's actually applicable to the awliya, to those who are trying to get close to Allah. This is absolutely relevant to them, and this is absolute reality for them. But if somebody is far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they'll find it more difficult to put this in perspective. It's almost like I'm incriminating people before I even start. Right? Like if you don't get it, then you're far from Allah. No, that's not true. It's understandable. It's very comprehensible, but it may take... It's for those people who actually want just Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who want to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they don't want any distractions in between. So what's going on here is, firstly, let's try to justify this point that a gift from man is deprivation. Why should a gift from man be deprivation? Why should you be deprived because he's giving you something? What are you deprived of? You're getting something, physically tangible object maybe sometimes, or a favor of some sort, or a, a good word for you. Why is that a deprivation? So the commentators say, for three reasons. One commentator says, for three reasons. The first reason is that when you get something from someone, your nafs feels glad. You get overjoyed. Oh, people love me. People care for me. Our nafs gets overjoyed. And it gets satisfaction. The thing that you're happy about, the reason you're happy about receiving that 
object, that item, that gift or whatever is because that is something that maybe you have a desire for. So you're getting an object of your desire which is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So anything that you're receiving which is not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is an object of desire, uh, but it's not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when too much of this happens, the, the, the soul, the, the, the heart dies because the soul is getting feed. The soul is being fed, the nafs is being fed, so then the spiritual heart begins to die. And it becomes hard. Because you've suddenly directed yourself somewhere else and you're giving joy to your nafs and it's not for necessarily the right reason. The second reason, he says, is what we see from the Sahaba. And again, this is a high level we're speaking about. That's why he said it's not easy for most of us to... Uh, to completely get our heads around right? the less we take of this world the more we're supposed to get in the hereafter that is supposed to actually moderate and temper our pursuits in this world to only get that which is necessary for us and not to make this world a false paradise remember paradise I think is built in because we started in paradise Adam Ali Salam started in paradise. So I think paradise is built in innately to all of us. We're always looking for paradise. We have a longing for it. I think that's in every human being. The problem is we're making that which is not paradise into paradise, which is this world. So this ties into all of that. So what is happening is that this will prevent you from getting to higher levels where you're doing, where, where your, your focus should be on the hereafter. Your high mark, maqamat and high levels and so on and so forth. That is why many of the predecessors, they would abandon too much shahawats, too much desires. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, in, as he says in Surah Al-Ahqaf, verse 20, fi dunya. So on the day of judgment, Allah is going to say, well, you've already had all the good things in the world. You already took all of your good things and you enjoyed them in the world. You don't really deserve them now. That's why one of the, the stories that really drove it home for me to be honest is when Abu Bakr Siddiq was once thirsty and they brought for him a glass of water that was mixed with something sweet because in those days you couldn't get pleasant water all the time so they would sometimes mix something sweet in there he used to like his water just neat without any mixture and he drank it and he said this is sweet it's got something in there he said yes you know for this reason he said I'm just worried that that's how much gonna get a decrease in the hereafter because of this now, a lot of people, if they take this literally, they're going to really suffer, right? Because when they're not ready for this, they're going to think, well, we can't do this, we can't do that, they're going to start feeling guilty. You need, that's why I said that this is not necessarily for everybody at this point, but they should know this so that they can maybe work their way towards this one day. And you'll see there'll be a twist in the tail at the end as well. This is not, don't, don't, don't leave the gathering right now and say, this is what I need to do, right? Because you'll probably suffer. You see, what happens is that when a person doesn't have enough of the soul's desires and he can't fulfill the desires, then they're going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what generally happens is that if we're receiving everything we need for this life, we're getting our food, we're getting our joys, we're getting our cars or whatever it is, generally speaking, a lot of people forget Allah 
right? When they're more in trouble, people believe as they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. So what's happening here is that when you receive too many worldly gifts from people, then farihd, right? You will get overjoyed. Your nafs will get overjoyed. You'll get comfortable with that. And that is why the nafs can't die too fast. That just prolongs the nafs's death, which we're supposed to do, the nafsul ammara, the one which is the evil inciting soul. As opposed to when you're deprived, then that is when the nafs dies very quickly. The reason is that you're not getting anything to feed it. So you have to remember always that a war, a battle or a jihad in which there is no booty, there is no spoils of war, where you're not going to get anything at the, at the end of it except just defense of yourself, is much more difficult to, to do than when you know that you're going to receive a lot of spoils at the end. Because the nafs is there, right? It, it's worth it. Let's do it because we're going to make some money in this. We're going to get some assets in this. And that's why there is a tradition in which it says that if a contingent of warriors leave for the battle and they do the jihad and they also receive, the, they also receive their spoils of war from them, they receive some wealth and riches, then they have taken in advance two-thirds of their reward, of their spiritual reward. They've got two-thirds of it already in the form of physical, which feels very good in the world, right? If they did not receive any spoils, but they just did what they had to do, right, to save, to save themselves, to save their country, whatever it is, then they will receive their full reward. This is, of course, if they have ikhlas in both cases. The third reason for why it is a deprivation when people give you things where it's actually a deprivation is because people, we generally become inclined to people when they bestow us with something. Right? And the heart will become inclined to loving them. Because hearts have this innate kind of inclination to love that whoever does any good to you. So you will eventually become like a prisoner to them not physical prisoner but like a prisoner where you feel obliged that's why ali radiyallahu anhu karramallahu wajhu said don't ever place in between you and allah another person who can give you a gift don't ever place between you and allah someone else who can bestow you with things in fact consider any gift that somebody else gives you as a debt or a burden upon you you're not getting it for free. So consider it a burden so you can actually repay it. That's why I think this is his poem. He says, فعش قانعا إن القناعة للفتى غناء وهذا مقتضى ما أشيره. Essentially, what he's saying is that by your life, whoever you gift something to, whoever you bestow a gift upon and do a favor to, and you extend your hands to them in gifting them something, you are their Amir, you are their leader. And whoever you are in need of. He is for sure your leader 
and you are his prisoner. And the thing is that why are you so independent of the one who really is the owner of or the holder of the reins of all of people and you are one of them, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So spend your life with contentment and spend your life with satisfaction and contentment with what you have because that is the true enrichment. Being content with whatever Allah has given you, that much is your enrichment and this is exactly what has been indicated towards or what I'm indicating towards. That's why another poet says to Allah, فَلَا أَلْبَسُ النَّعْمَاءَ وَغَيْرُكَ مُلْبِسِي I'm not going to be, I don't want to be adorned with bounties and blessings when somebody else is going to make me adorned by them or adorn me with. وَلَا أَمْلِكُ الدُّنْيَا وَغَيْرُكَ وَاهِبِي I don't want any part of this world when it's other than you who is gifting it to me. It's a change of perspective. You have to remember, it's a change of perspective. That's why the, the, one of the sheikhs of, uh, the sheikh of Abu al-Hasan al-Shadiri rahimahullah says, Ya Abu al-Hasan, Ya Abu al-Hasan, he gave you know, his student this advice. He says, Ya Abu al-Hasan, ihrib min khayrin nasi, uh, min khayrin nas. Akthar min antahrab min sharrihim. Flee from the best of people, meaning those who give you a lot, more than you will flee from their worst. Because those who are the best of them, those who you feel are going to give you a lot of gifts and everything, they will actually get you in the heart. You, know, you become bowled over in your heart. Whereas those who are to harm you, they will harm your body, generally. And it's better that you actually be afflicted in your body than you be afflicted in your heart. Because the enemy which will actually get you to your Lord is much superior to a close friend that will cut you from your Lord. He doesn't intend to cut you from the Lord. You don't, this is not to say that you throw them away and you shun them and everything like that. That's why I said this needs to be put into perspective. It's just what, where do you think things are coming from? And again, all of this will be clarified at the end. So don't jump to any conclusion so far. Another scholar said, The dignity and honor you receive of remaining abstinent, sorry, remaining careful and cautious and abstinent and not taking, right? And remaining pure is actually much more superior than the happiness you gain by receiving something. But it requires a mindset change first to be able to benefit from that. That's why the uh, that's why the Prophet ﷺ said of how to deal with it. Now we understand. I mean, are you going to just stop people from gifting you things whereas it's sunnah to take hadiyah? The Prophet ﷺ has told us what to do. إِذَا أَسْتَى إِلَيْكُمْ أَحَدٌ مَعْرُوفًا فَكَافِئُوهُ When any, anybody does a good turn to you, gives you a gift, does a favor for you, then recompense him. Give him something back. Give him an equal back at least. So that the... Ob obligation you feel sent, humans feel that I mean there's you, you, a person would be a very evil person that people do good to them and they just absolutely have no thanks and they're not grat grat grateful at all the sense of gratitude makes us feel obliged so he says well do something for them so that you can remove this obligation now that was why it's a deprivation gift from man is a deprivation that was that reasoning and why is deprivation from Allah a beneficence? 
That, he says, for two reasons. Firstly, re remind yourself of everything that we've just discussed in the last two or three wisdoms. That way you know that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has deprived you of something, it is not because Allah is stingy and not because He's not capable or that He doesn't have. It's not for that reason. It is because He is looking after you. He knows what's good for you. He knows when it's good for you. He knows when it's bad for you. So this is Allah's timing with you because this is Allah's tarbiyah and His plan for you. That's what it is. It's just, unfortunately, He just doesn't tell us His schedule. He doesn't tell us His reasons all the time. But that's what, it, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it means to be a servant. Because it is very possible that what you're seeking and what you're wanting is actually not befitting for you and not beneficial for you to have right now. And maybe Allah will give it to you later when it will be much better for you and it will work out more excellently. Or maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will just completely store it away from you, add it to your bank balance, right? For the day that you will be most in need. Subhanallah. That really puts in perspective. Whoever thought that the day of the judgment, right, is when Allah is storing all of these things away that I've really wanted, I've asked Him for, and Allah says, if you ask me, I'll give you. So that means if asked Him, why isn't He giving it to me? He is going to give you because He says, I will give you if you ask. So okay, I've asked Him and I keep asking Him. What I'm doing is He is putting it away. If He's not going to give it to me in this world, He's going to give it to me on the day when I need it most, which will be the hereafter. That's just the thing. We just can't experience that. If we could just experience that day for an hour, I think this life would be you know, sorted. But we just can't. We have to go with faith. The second reason, so the first reason was that he's not doing it because he's stingy or doesn't have. The second reason is, Allahu Akbar. When you don't have and you keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because not having makes you ask more. That means you're always at his door. You're always trying to hold on to his rope. And in there is your high, in there for a servant is the highest level of honor. To be standing at your master's door. To be constantly vigilant. What else could it be? And this state makes you do that. It then elevates you. Because though, those servants and slaves who are most abiding, they generally get a higher level. And that's why there is a narration which says that when a righteous servant, a righteous servant of Allah makes a dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the angels, Akhiru hajatahu. Just postpone his need because I just like to hear him. I just like to hear his voice. I like to hear his pleas and cries. So let me hear him. You know, I just, mashallah, he sounds so good. He sounds so nice. So don't give him anything yet. Let him keep asking. And when an unrighteous person, a sinner, calls unto Allah, Allah says to the angels, quickly give it to him. Quickly give it to him. I don't want to listen to him. Subhanallah. See, when we know more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it just makes, puts things, this is another way to look at this. There are so many other reasons, but this is one way to look at it, that if we're getting something quickly, doesn't mean Allah doesn't like us. And if you're getting something fast, and not getting something, does that mean Allah likes us? I mean, what is going on? It's not always the case though, because Allah is not just, doesn't have just one way of doing things. Allah has everything at His disposal. Allah, Allah, Allah. Now, this is where the clarification comes. After discussing all of this, he says that whatever Ibn Atayillah rahimahullah has said, that 
when people give you things and that's a deprivation that is only with regards to those who are on the path who are making an effort those who are making an effort who want to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is also in regard to those who are abstinent of the dunya who are focused on getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now he says once you go beyond that point once you do this for a while and you go beyond this point and you actually become a wasil where you actually become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after you've made that effort and you've struggled then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it such that even then people are gifting you huge amounts you will never incline towards them you'll thank them you have to be grateful but you'll never think that is coming from them. Your nafs has been sorted. The nafs has been tempered. The nafs has been nurtured. So then you could be receiving the greatest gifts of this world from people. Everybody will be around at your doorstep, just mashallah, giving you, giving you, giving you. Won't make a difference to you. You'll thank them and everything. Everything will be at your disposal. right? But it won't make any difference to you afterwards. Because now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are Allah's wali. فَقَدْ تَوَلَّاهُمُ اللَّهُ اللَّهُ وَلِيُّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاللَّهُ وَلِيُّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That's exactly what it is. Now he will take care of your, your, your perspective and paradigm is completely changed now. Everything just comes from Allah for you. But to get to that level, there's all of this effort in between. You can't enjoy the dunya and your nafs first and just jump to that position. There has to be a deprivation of the nafs first before you can get to that position. Then it's easy sailing. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you absent from thinking that people is people that give you things and that you will know that everybody, whenever they're doing anything, they're doing because Allah wants them to do it. You'll see Allah behind everything. They're taking from Allah, they're giving because of Allah, and you will you will always have the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in, in front of you. That's why the poet says, Since the time that I finally recognize my Lord, I've not seen anyone else. Right? I've not seen anyone else. And likewise, anyone else is actually prohibited. They, we, don't, we don't focus on them. Since the time I've come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I've actually now never even felt to be separated, fear of separation. So they only see all good coming to them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, I mean, you may be saying, well, you know, if you're saying that, you know, sometimes when somebody does some good to me, I think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's a very good thing. Do we just think about it all the time is the question. You know? If we're thinking that when somebody gives us something or does us a good turn or a favor and we remember Allah, that this came from Allah, that's a very good thing. We want to make it that we think, we never think that this is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember, this does not mean that we're not grateful to the one who gives us things. Because gratitude is important to people as well as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is putting things in perspective on a higher level. As I've said before, right at the beginning of this book, some of these wisdoms, they're very easy to understand. Therefore, everybody, even a child can understand them. And even the initiate can understand them. But some of them, 
they kind of go on a deeper level where experience is needed. Don't deny them because you don't have the experience. And there's some things, just there's another scholar who's reading this himself and he came to a chapter and he says, I don't know how anybody's going to understand this one. Because it's all based on experience. Once you get to a high level, then you'll understand this stuff. So I'm trying to avoid those. I won't go into those ones because, I mean, it's very difficult and I don't even have the experience myself, right? But uh, these ones, they're on the intermediate level. And may Allah allow us to benefit from this and help us change perspective so that we can do better, inshaAllah. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam wa tabarakayat al-jalali wa l-ikram. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ahli Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا أكرم الأكرمين يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المؤطين ويا معدن الجود والكرم يا أرحم الراحمين ارحمنا 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 برحمة تغننا بها عمن سواك اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم الأموات اللهم اغفر لنا ولمشائخنا ولأساتذتنا ولطلابنا ولإخواننا ولأخواتنا ولأزواجنا ولأقاربنا ولأولادنا ولكل من له حق علينا ولكل من أوصانا بالدعاء يا الله يا الله we ask you for your special mercy for your special forgiveness oh Allah bless us during the remaining days of this month of Sha'ban and allow us to reach Ramadan يا الله allow us to get our major tasks out of the way so that we can benefit benefit fully from Ramadan as soon as it enters. Oh Allah, make this Ramadan a better month, a better Ramadan than ever any Ramadan before it for us. Oh Allah, make us closer to you during this Ramadan than we've ever been before. Oh Allah, above all, allow us to remain close to you even after Ramadan than we've ever been before. Oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us our sins, you remove our shortcomings from us, you forgive us our excesses, you forgive us our defects, you forgive us our problems. Oh Allah, make your, make your obedience beloved in our heart. Oh Allah, make your disobedience hated in our heart. Oh Allah, it's such a struggle. We try, we try, we try, but we stumble and we fall down. Oh Allah, we need your help and assistance. Oh Allah, without you, we can do nothing. Oh Allah, without you, we can do nothing. We can't get anywhere. Oh Allah. There's, oh Allah, some, some, uh, sometimes we have iman in the morning, but by the evening we have weakness. And, by, and sometimes we, have, we start off with good iman in, in, in the night, but by the morning we have weakened. Oh Allah, how long is this going to continue for? Grab us by the forelock. Grab us by the forelocks and enter us into paradise. Enter us into your satisfaction. Oh Allah, grant us your love and the love of those whose love benefits us with you. Oh Allah. We ask that you correct our misunderstandings, correct our misconceptions. Oh Allah, grant us your love and the, uh, grant us your love and your awareness. Oh Allah, grant us ma'rifah. Oh Allah, remove this pandemic. Oh Allah, remove this pandemic. Remove these issues from us. Oh Allah, do not allow these conspiracy theories to be re uh, to, to be real. Oh Allah. Protect us from any evil which is out there, any evil which may have been planned. Oh Allah, which may be done. Oh Allah, we ask you to protect us from it. Oh Allah, we can only know so much. But oh Allah, we, can, we have our trust in you. Increase our trust in you. And oh Allah, we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
you grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salaman ala mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.